Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. How about that, too, for an energetic intro to get things started? I like it. My thanks to DJ Bandcamp for contributing to the podcast. Please subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast on iTunes and tell your friends and leave a review. That would be a big-time help. Well, this week I have a great show in store for you. Two mega guests. I'll talk with Pacers Sports and Entertainment President Rick Fusen. The Pacers are taking a hard look at hosting an upcoming NBA All-Star Weekend, and so we'll take a deep dive into that. Then I'll be talking with one of the top five women's basketball players ever, Tamika Ketchings. After playing at the University of Tennessee, she's played her entire professional career right here with the Indiana Fever in this upcoming season. It will be her final one. She's had a very busy month that included marriage, participating in All-Star Weekend herself, USA Basketball Training Camp, plus she has a book coming out. We'll discuss all of it here today on the podcast. First up is Rick Fusen, the longtime Pacers employee going back to the mid-1980s, and he's been in his current role for more than 17 months. Fusen and a half dozen other Indy execs, including two from Visit Indy and two more from Indiana Sports Corp., they traveled to Toronto last month for the 2016 NBA All-Star Game. Indy considered making a bid for an upcoming All-Star Game a couple years ago, but this is the most serious that they have been about holding All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. It's been an Indy once back in 1985. The game was held at the Hoosier Dome, and All-Star Saturday events were held at Market Square Arena. One thing we know is that Indy does events better than anyone. The volunteer base is outstanding, and there's great leadership that it would ensure that this city would do an exceptional job. I hope they go for it, as would the NBA. That's one of the reasons they've taken a deep look at it. So I talked with Fusen about Indy's interest, what he learned from visiting All-Star Weekend, plus we talk about how busy the Fieldhouse is over the next month and a half, breaking ground on the St. Vincent Center, and how things are going on the business side. Let's get into it. All right, Rick, a lot has come to light over the last few weeks about the Pacers and about Indianapolis's desire to host an NBA All-Star game. Curious, what sparked that? Was it owner Herb Simon? Was it maybe one of your goals as you took over as president of Pacers Sports and Entertainment? What sparked the conversation for Indianapolis to host the All-Star game yet again? Well, I think uh, I think there's a lot of things that have gone into that. Obviously, we had it in 1985, and uh, over the years, um, you know, we've looked at it from time to time. Uh, we looked at it pretty seriously a couple years ago. Um, but I think a couple things happened. One, uh, I think Herb said, hey, you know, let's really think about uh, getting involved with it again. Um, and then the commissioner, uh, when he was here uh, for one of the games this year, said, was asked the question and said, yeah, you know, Indianapolis uh, is a great city and has a lot of events, and so it might be another good city for uh, us to consider to have the NBA All-Star game. And as we look down at the schedule and we look at some things in maybe um, maybe 19 or 20, uh, maybe we would have looked at 18, but I think that's going to be in another city the way I see it now. Uh, we said, okay, maybe it'd be the right time to do it. Uh, in 19, uh, for instance, we don't we have uh, have the uh, Big Ten women's, but we don't have Big Ten's men men's that year, and we don't have an NCAA Final Four women's like we do this year, or an NCAA men's Final Four. So maybe that's the kind of year. So uh, we just decided um, uh, that maybe we ought to start looking at it seriously. Uh, and so when we got the group together from Sports Corp and uh, Visit Indy and went up there, I wanted everybody to see it uh, for themselves, uh, see all the things that go on, how big it was, uh, and then we could make a collective decision in the city uh, whether or not we want to really push this thing for the future. For you guys to put in a bid, do you essentially need the entire city and its venues wide open because of all of the demands? 
Well, there there are certainly a, there are certainly a lot of events that go on, and it's bigger uh, exponentially than it was in 1985. Um, and so it takes a lot of hotel rooms. It will take uh, uh, the majority of the downtown hotel rooms. It would take much of the convention center space. It certainly take this building, um, and, and it would take a lot of other uh, venues. Uh, while it's not as it, not as large as the Super Bowl is by any means, it's very very large, and um, uh, it takes a lot of space for all the ancillary things that uh, that go on. So we'll, we'll, our, our downtown will be a busy place uh, if we're so fortunate to get it. I know I've asked you about Indy hosting an all-star game oh, so many years. You can go back maybe about 10 back to IU when you came and spoke to our class, and you said the biggest thing with hosting it, the issue, is you can't please season ticklers and sponsors. So how have you guys kind of moved past that issue? Well, it's important. We, we're always thinking that, so we haven't ever moved past it and we'll never move past it. Uh, our season ticket holders and our sponsors are our lifeblood. Um, and so we have to continue to look at the importance of of uh, making sure that the event is good for them as well. Um, who, who knows, uh, uh, you know, by 19, um, what the space needs will be, um, how big a crowd we might be able to have. Um, but we have great venues in downtown. So, um, and remember, we did the we did the game in 1985 and in, in front of 44,000 people. Or so, um, you know, at the dome at that point. So, uh, I think we'll all get together, make the right collective decision, uh, and and make sure at the same time that our uh, our, our great season ticket holders and our great sponsors um, get the the best out of it as well. I assume you're not yet there yet. Whether it's say the game at Lucas Oil like Dallas once did, and then All Star. Saturday at Banker's Life, all that's probably a little premature, correct? Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely so. I think we'll all have to get together. And, uh, you know, we want this to be a collective decision, just not the Pacers saying, hey, we're going to do this thing. So, uh, you, you know, uh, we, we, we need everybody. This has got to be a collective decision. And that's one of the great things about our city uh, with Sports Corporation, with Visit Indy, with the mayor's office, with the, the governor's offices, with, with um, uh, you know, all the, all the groups that uh, are important to the economic development of our city and our state uh, to look at this thing together and say, hey, is the is the the economic impact, which some people would say maybe is between seventy to a hundred million dollars, maybe more, um, is that worth what we're doing here? Uh, well, I seem to think it is. I think there will be a lot of people who think it is, but I think there'll be some collective decisions uh, made in the next few months uh, on how we how we would go about this thing. I was going to hit on that and how much of an impact economically an All Star Game would have on this city. If you know off the top of your head, how would that compare to, say, a Big Ten football title game or the Big Ten men's basketball tournament that's going to be here coming up? Well, all those events are, all those events are significant, um, certainly because, uh, not only because of the economic impact that they bring, but also in terms of the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten football, the Big Ten basketball championships, uh, the, those folks who are coming to that event are right in our wheelhouse in terms of our region. Uh, getting a little stretched out now uh, with going to Maryland and, and Rutgers and maybe even to to uh, Nebraska, but um, you know the Iowa and Michigan teams and the Illinois teams and Ohio teams; uh, those really are, are right in our wheelhouse related to uh, economic development because those people not only will come for a Big Ten, but because they see what goes on in Indianapolis, they'll come back for a weekend with their family or uh, family reunion here that might be um, you know in the crossroads of America. So um, it, it has a po- very positive economic uh, impact and also a residual impact. Uh, the NBA. All-Star Game uh, has a huge 
international international uh, economic impact because of the numbers of media people that come in from all over the world. Obviously, the NBA being a global game, um, growing, growing, growing all the time. Uh, so it's a little bit it's a little bit different, but all of those things are huge economic impact for our city. Yeah, I was going to mention the media too. I think it was the game itself was broadcasted. I want to say in maybe forty five countries and territories. Yeah. So that in itself is is another thing that's a positive. Yeah, um, there's no chance. question about it. There's no question about it. You know, when we look at events uh, in our town, as we have uh, through Sports Corp and Visit Indy for years, not only do we look at the direct economic impact, but the impact of what the media, you know, is how many hours is it on television? How many hours is it uh, on the radio? How many newspapers is Indianapolis mentioned in? Uh, you know, you can't buy that kind of, uh, of uh, advertising for your city. Uh, and, as, and as Indianapolis continues to become more global with, with you know, direct flights to San Francisco now and to L.A. and to um, you know, hopefully one of these days, uh, you know, overseas, um, you know, the, the economic impact will continue to grow. But it'll be because people will know about Indianapolis because they saw us on television, whether it be, you know, the, the NCAA Final Four or the NBA games um, or the, the Big Ten basketball games or, or whether it's the golf event uh, that, you know, will be uh, back in Indianapolis, uh, the Indianapolis 500. All those things play an important role in terms of furthering the reputation of our city. And this city just does big events so well. I mean, number one, the Super Bowl, Indy 500, then the usuals of the Big Ten tournament, football title game. That's a big appeal. Yeah, we and we do them consistently. You know, I've I've been uh, been working for the Pacers for 32 years and had a great opportunity to be a lot of major events in town from oh sports festival and in uh, the Pan Am Games and world swimming and uh, world basketball and NCAA Final Fours and you know on and on and on and and uh, we have the greatest volunteer base. Uh, I think we have the greatest downtown bar none. Um, and and um, we have a we have a trained group of folks in different generations uh, who can put these events on uh, better than anybody else, and um, I think we're known for that. Uh, but not everybody still knows us. Uh, we still have got work to do with. Uh, with folks around the country uh, who haven't been to Indianapolis for a long time or they don't know much about Indianapolis. They see us uh, on, on television, but we still have a little bit of sales uh, 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 things we got to do with them as well. Rick, you've been with the Pacers so long. I think one of your first gigs was to work on the All-Star Game. What do you remember about that whole experience, and what exactly was your role? Oh Well, my role, uh, I was hired um, at that point uh, by the president of the Pacers by the name Bob Salyers. Um, and I worked with Carolyn Blitz, who worked for the Commission for Downtown at that point. And I was kind of the Pacers point person, and she was the city's point person, and we together worked uh, on putting it together. I mean, we did all kind of things. We did an all-star sports health and fitness show. Um, the, 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 new, the new all-star game was kind of in its infancy. I think it, it started uh, pretty big the year before that in Dallas. Um, but we we certainly did forty thousand people plus at the dome for the event. We we did the the big fitness show. We did All Star Saturday at at uh, Market Square. Uh, we had a big party on Friday night. There was a TNT party after the game, but that was pretty much the uh, the extent of it. The sponsorship business wasn't quite as wasn't even close to as big. There weren't as many uh, ancillary uh, ancillary events going on, um, and so it was a big event for us at the point. But it's it's nothing like it is 
is today. Uh, probably my, my biggest my biggest thing I remember and the, the the thing that scared me the most is uh, that we got about six inches of snow as I remember the Saturday night before the game on Sunday. Oh man, we were afraid that the Indianapolis was going to be shut down. But I tell you what, the city did a great job in terms of getting the city open and and all the people came and we we had a great event and uh, you, you know the the pictures of it uh, uh, still hang around. So it was a tremendous opportunity. You and uh, about a half dozen others had the chance to go to the latest All-Star game across the border in Toronto. What specifically was this group looking for, and what was your biggest takeaway for the entire event? Was it perhaps, oh, we can do this? Yeah, I think I think we always kind of look at it that way. I remember uh, going one time with uh, Dale Newberger, who was the head of the Sports Corp, and Tom Rutledge, who I work with here at the arena, and we we went uh, we were in uh, China, Taiwan, I think it was, and, and we, we saw the World Swimming Championship in a building there. We said, ah, that's no big deal. We can do that. And we ended up doing it. That's still amazing. You guys had a swimming pool in the middle of Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Yeah, we built actually two 25-meter 20, pools. One was a <laughs> one was a training facility undercover uh, on the far north end where the stage is in our building, and then we had the co- competition pool. It was a really a world uh, record pool, but it, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. You go see them. Said, "Yep, we could do that." Maybe we didn't know how to do it, but we figured it out. And I think uh, we had a we had a very experienced group uh, uh, who was in Toronto with. Uh, Mel Raines, who uh, works uh, for us here as our head of uh, the facilities, who worked on the Super Bowl, was uh, worked on five Republican National Conventions. Um, Susie Townsend, who's worked with uh, Visit Indy uh, for um, 25 years, uh, who is probably the best in terms of of uh, dealing with hotels and clients and Leonard Hoops, who's got a, uh, a multi multi um, decade career in the um, in the visitor business, and and uh, Susan Boffman, who's done many many events here, including Super Bowl and uh, NCA events, and uh, and then of course Ryan uh, Vaughn, who understands the 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 governmental nature, uh, the President of Sports Corp, who understands the governmental nature of these things, the economic impact. So we had a very experienced group go up there. Really, what we we wanted to do was see it all. Uh, we wanted to see how another city did it. We wanted to see how expansive the in, NBA, um, all the NBA events were. Uh, see how well it was connected to, uh, you know, through transportation, through hotels, through hospitality, um, through uh, the security, uh, and all those things. So we were able uh, over the days we were there to uh, get a feel for all of it, and that's going to allow us to uh, put a, put a, uh, a more complete, a better understood bid in uh, when and if we decide to bid it. When you were up there, was it kind of attack everything together or you guys break off in branches and, and attack it on your own? We did some things together, but we did many things separately. Some people went and talked to the hotel people related to the, what the NBA needs are. Others went to the venue and looked at the back of the house from the venue. Um, you know, uh, uh, others uh, went and did the transportation thing and the security thing. So uh, we, we were divided, conquer, and uh, then did some of the things together as well. Hotels not an issue as far as Indy goes. Plenty well, I don't, of, plenty I don't of believe rooms. so. We ha- we have the number of hotels downtown that we need. Um, they, there is a little bit of a uh, a difference between the way that we classify hotels versus the way some other people classify hotels. Uh, but but um, I, I feel, uh, and I think we were able to uh, to able to talk to the NBA about it. Where I think we can meet their needs. Yes. Last thing, when it comes to the All Stars, if you guys do 
plan to go ahead with a bid. Do you know the time frame of when that needs to be well, due? I think it'll be sometime uh, sometime late spring, early summer, be my guess. I okay. uh, don't know for sure. Haven't, we haven't gotten the specs yet from the league. Uh, but but it's, uh, uh, I'm expecting them sometime in the spring or early summer. Your building's awfully busy coming up here. 54 games in 43 days. Going to have all kinds of champions. Five titles given out over the next six weekends. That's exciting and fun, but it's also heck of a lot of work for you guys over well, there, right? Yeah, it, it is very exciting. You know, I mean, uh, to have that many basketball games with that many championships at all kind of different levels is is just a great credit to Indianapolis and a great credit to the basketball psyche of all the folks that that live in this town and in this state. Um, I mean, it, it it really is, in my opinion, this this next forty three days is really about Hickory. <laughs> You know, at all different levels, and about team, and about championships, and uh, it's it's tremendous. It's a lot of work. I think we're going to change the court over 16 times, and uh, you know, we we have uh, in the in the meantime that you, you start with WWE and don't even count that one, but <laughs> and then you've got a couple three concerts in between, and and many other events that are going on, on a daily basis, and it's a lot of work. But that's the business we're in. Um, you know, this is the people's building. Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help bring in economic impact and bring in food and beverage and um, bring the people to downtown uh, from all over the state and all around the region, all around the country. And uh, our folks have done a great job of that. And um, uh, hopefully they'll all be smiling uh, uh, on the 54th basketball game just like they were on the first one. And the Hickory idea, you brought that up, has just been terrific. It's a five-year deal, so it's not going away anytime soon. Have you been pleased with the development of that? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, to be able to recognize um, uh, the the team sport of basketball in the in the state of Indiana, um, understanding that uh, they called the movie Hoosiers, they didn't call it Illini or Kentuckians or North Carolinans or whatever else. It's, it's about Indiana. It's about the spirit of Indiana, about the spirit of basketball and team sports in Indiana. It's not about any one team. Um, but to be able to honor Oscar Robertson and um, uh, the, at, the, at the Christmas Addicts, uh, three teams, the one state championships, to be able to, to, to you know, honor the first basketball game in Indiana and uh, to honor uh, Coach Butcher and uh, to be able to honor all those folks in our history and mm-hmm. uh, who, who have been such played a great part in our game. Uh, it's been tremendous, and and you know uh, people love it. I, I was just uh, recently uh, giving a talk to uh, some folks, uh, many of them from Indiana, many of them from, not from Indiana, but not a person in the room didn't know about uh, what the spirit of team basketball was represented by Hickory, and certainly the Milan team and the Crispus Addicts teams, and uh, so many other teams uh, who have played such an important role in our history are well known around the world, and. Uh, we we just thought it was uh, a, a nice way to uh, talk about Indiana's game uh, by Indiana's team, um, and it's been great. And we see a lot of merchandise being purchased. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Gary so Nelson likes that. Gary Nelson, Gary Nelson loves it, loves it tremendously. It, so I think it's a it's been a fun way to uh, uh, to pay uh, homage and tribute to uh, some great. Uh, great teams and great players and the great spirit of Indiana basketball. It's one thing to introduce the idea. It's another thing to execute it well, and I think you guys have done that very well. I want to turn the attention now to the St. Vincent Center, another (laughs) new and exciting thing going on with you guys right there to the east of Banker's Life Fieldhouse, a $50 million facility recently broke ground on. Where do you think this asset will help the franchise the most moving forward? Well, I think there's no doubt about it. It's an asset, uh, and I think Larry Bird uh, has said it a number of times, uh, you know, uh, our job is to develop basketball players um, and and to make sure that we have all of the uh, all of the necessary things in this uh, fast 
um, strong uh, league that we have uh, to make sure that our players are taken care of uh, correctly medically, uh, to have the right training facilities, to be able to compete on the uh, on the mar- open market. And I'm no basketball guy by any means. Never want anybody to think that. But but I think it gives us a pardon me gives us another uh, cog in the competitive uh, uh, wheel of uh, of NBA basketball to say, hey, here's what we got. We are state of the art. Uh, you know, we've got the best arena. We've got the best uh, training facility. Uh, we've got some of the best medical people in the world right here in Indianapolis. And for St. Vincent uh, to come down and be part of uh, that with their sports performance and Ralph Reef, who runs uh, internationally known sports performance, um, and for Jonathan Nally, their CEO, to, to come back down in downtown Indianapolis with uh, cardiology and other medical services, um, I think it's going to be a tremendous thing, not only for us, but I think it's going to be a great thing for downtown. The big question is, where's your office in this new one? For those that don't know, your office looks over the practice court, has a terrific view. Will you have that kind of opportunity I, I think, again? I think, I think for the rest of my career here, I think I'll, uh, I'll keep looking over the practice court here. With, yeah. by, by, opening oh, okay. this, by opening this training facility, it also allows us to do a lot more things inside the space in, inside Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Um, you know, we the, the, with the two teams, with the Fever and the Pacers, uh, you, you know, the, we're always having to split it up. And then we also have a number of marketing needs that we can use our practice court for because it's uh, aside from the bowl and the entry pavilion, uh, it really, the practice court is the, uh, the, the TCU practice court here is the biggest space, open space we have. So it's going to allow us to do a lot more things uh, when, the, when the men are across the street uh, practicing and the ladies practice here, but then we can use it for other events as well. But I, I kind of like the... Uh, kind of like the window I got over this practice court that I can see outside as well. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I love the view there. A couple other things I want to hit on quickly. Overall, how have you been pleased as far as ticket sales and, and sponsorship have come in terms of the Pacers for this well, year? I think we continue to do very well. Uh, you know, we'd always like to see the, a full house, and not every not every game is full. Uh, but w- but we understand uh, you know that somebody can't uh, come on a Monday night maybe but they can come on a Friday night, like somebody can come on a Wednesday but can't come on a Sunday. But we'd like to see it full. We think our guys are um, are are a great bunch of guys. Um, we we think they obviously got off to a fast start. Um, they've had some great games in the last few days after the All Star game. You know, got dinged a little bit down at Miami, but hey, had a last second shot to beat uh, Oklahoma City and then to win in Orlando. Um, I, I think the, hopefully folks now that now that we're kicking into to the around March Madness, uh, we're getting less twenty some odd games. Uh, they'll come out and watch us play. Uh, so I, I, we're very we're very pleased. We'd like to see uh, every every uh, every game filled, and we hopefully will. Sponsorship wise, we are so grateful for all the sponsors that we have. Uh, we, you know, we we rank um, pretty high in the league in terms of our sponsorship, and have some you know great great sponsors with CNO and the. Bankers Life folks and St. Vincent and and Finish Line and you know on and on Pepsi and on and on down the down the line uh, in, in the state of Indiana uh, relates to IEDC and uh, so many folks uh, have supported this team and um, it's it's tremendous and our continued uh, television broadcasts uh, help with our sponsorship thing our radio is strong good, um, good. and so it's it, it continues very good very positive Tamika Ketchings it's her final season. How important, you can't even speak to how important she's been to this franchise, but what do you expect this summer, this final year, to be like for this franchise and Tamika together? Well, I think, um, you know, I think Tamika Ketchings is, is a godsend. Um, I think she represents basketball um, from her heart, her mind, um, and, and her talent. 
Um, she's a giving woman. She cares about the community. She cares about kids. Uh, she she wants to win. She wants to win for Indianapolis. Uh, her home's here. Um, we will miss her. We will miss her tremendously on the basketball court. Uh, but I'm very hopeful that she will be a resident and, and a participant in our city the rest of her life. And we're going to do everything that we can uh, to to help her be part of that. Uh, she she represents all the good things in life, in my opinion, that you would want your kids to be. Um, that you would want your kids down the street to be, um, and you would want yourself to be. Yeah, never met a better person than Tamika. She's an amazing human being. Anything new, noteworthy, that Pacer fans should know about that you want to pass along? Well, um, hopefully they'll see all the new concession stuff we continue to get. Uh, We're going to be doing some renovations this summer with uh, some things down in the locker room restaurant downstairs and some different uh, offerings uh, down in our south uh, part of our bowl. They'll see some uh, new concessions up on the club level, and we'll continue to keep it to be uh, the best arena any place. And so they can say to all their friends, hey, I went to the best place and saw the Pacers win last night. That's absolutely true. Rick, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me on the podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Good to chat with Rick Fusen there. I'm glad we were able to get it done and have this conversation for all of you to listen to as well. There was a lot of interesting nuggets coming from him, including that hosting NBA All-Star Weekend could have a potential economic impact of 70 to $100 million, plus all of the media coverage. Here's a couple of numbers for you about what's going on at Bankers Life Fieldhouse over the current 43-day stretch. In this time, the Fieldhouse will host 54 games of all different levels spanning from middle school all the way to professionals. They'll hand out titles in five of the six weekends. And how about this note? Over the last six days, the crew has changed the court every single night. Follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at Scott Agnes, and it is there where you can leave me your feedback and questions that I will happily answer. Next up is Tamika Ketchings. She's now married, and her autobiography dropped in stores on March 1st. Here's my interview with Ketchings, who undoubtedly would be on the Mount Rushmore of sports figures in this town. Pleased to be joined now by Tamika Ketchings. Is she getting set for her final season with the Indiana Fever, with the Olympics, USA Basketball? But it's kind of been a whirlwind here for the last month or so for you. You got married. <laughs> then you did the All-Star Game. Then you literally just got back from USA Basketball Camp, doing some media interviews. You got a book coming out. What has this whole experience been like for you? It's been fun. You know, just there is. There's a lot going on right now. Kind of a whirlwind. And everybody's like, how do you keep up with everything? I'm like, ah, my my calendar. If it's not on the calendar, it's not getting done. But um, I'm excited. You know, Scott, it's just been like this is kind of like the last hurrah. And um, as far as on the court, you know, starting to transition off the court, it's just kind of like setting up those steps. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. Let's get started first a little personal with, with the wedding and all that here in Indianapolis. What was what was that whole experience like for you and your close family? Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Um, you know, just, like, I, I just feel like since we met, you know, Parnell and I and, and just kind of like what we've been going through as far as just creating memories and looking at our future and having a family and all that. So the wedding was great. I mean, it was his family, his immediate family, my immediate family, the photographer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the guy that introduced us, Ryan, and you know, he actually sings, so he sang at the wedding. And it was just very, um, 
very romantic, very close. Um, and for I know for for my family and those that know me, you guys know I, I like to joke around a lot. So mm-hmm. it was very while it was still like tense, it was also kind of loose. How did you two meet? We met one of our mutual friends, so and he was living in L.A., and Ryan McDaniel, who I actually met a few years ago here, um, when we d- when, during the Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend is when I met Ryan, okay. and so we kind of like become really good friends, and he moved out to L.A. to pursue a singing career, and Parnell actually got transferred out to L.A. Uh, with Windstream Communication, and so we came out L.A. two years ago, and invited Ryan to the game. He's like, hey, I'm going to bring one of my guys with me. I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you know how I am. Yep. Normally, after a loss, I'm not really trying to go hang out. But I was kind of like, suck it up, Tamika. You'll have a good time. We only go to L.A. once, so, you know, got to just do it. And so we all went out. And literally the next day, Ryan hit me, and I think he hit Parnell, too. He's like, oh, man, my guy really likes you, and he thought you were real cool, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he didn't even really talk to me. <laughs> But a little nervous, yeah, maybe a little maybe, shy. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe we just kind of get the whole Tamika, who, whoever that is. Um, but yeah, so we we hit it off really well. The first text that he sent me was a picture of a, my BlackBerry, right? A picture of an iPhone beating up a BlackBerry, and the BlackBerry is like yes. screaming anything but the keyboard. <laughs> yep. So I started laughing like that, and you know, went back and forth texting about the the patient. I was just like, leave my BlackBerry alone. Um, but it was good. It was a good conversation started, and then from there, I mean, literally, we have talked every single day. And it'll be even more meaningful that he'll be kind of with you on this final journey of your professional career. Yeah, yeah, and and that was really important to me. Um, even last year, we talked about okay, setting a date for when we were going to get married and, and all of that. And um, initially, we were looking at March, April, and then. Uh, you know, kind of like what I've talked about before, we didn't, we don't live together. And so it's kind of like even when we travel and go on the road, like we have to get separate rooms and, you know, all of that. So looking at all of the different events that were coming up, <laughs> I was just kind of like, okay, here's the option. We can wait yeah. till March, April and you don't do anything. You know, you can't come to All-Star Weekend, can't do any of the other events that, that I have in between that time. Or we figure out a date to get married before All-Star Weekend and, and then we can kind of, you know, go anywhere. And so that's really the why we chose earlier date than a later date. Um, but then, yeah, like going into the season and knowing that he'll be there and the plan is that he'll be at every single post-game party. That's my plan anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to have him there. And, um, you know, just being able to share, I think share my last year with the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. How can you fit in a honeymoon with, with such a busy schedule here? Yeah, Is that sure. wait for after USA Basketball in the WNBA season? Yes, we'll wait. We're going to wait until after. And, and really, even with that, I just told him, I said, look, I'm so in workout mode right now that yeah. even to go on a honeymoon, I would wake up at 6 o'clock and be like, okay, I got to go down the beach. And she's <laughs> not joking. She <laughs> I would. Gotta go work out. I got to go work out. So I said, let's just wait until I don't have to wake up and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do anything. I, if I want to work out, I can work mm-hmm. out. If I don't, I don't, I don't have to, you yeah. know. And you've talked a lot. You do want to start a family, right? I do. Yeah. I do. So I'm... Uh, Definitely looking forward to that, finishing the season strong, going to the Olympics, you know, trying to win another gold medal, and then obviously come back, try to win another WNBA championship, and then kind of fade into the sunset. What's USA Basketball camp like when the elite of the elite of USA Basketball gets together? It's fun. It really is. Um, It's weird because it's like you wait. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for camp. And then it's like 
camp gets here and then it goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. So um, literally, like I feel like we got there. We got three days, three great days, a lot of work um, that went into everything. But it's fun to to play with players that you know you'll never get a chance to play with other than mm-hmm. those opportunities that and, and the All-Star weekend. So, you know, getting to know players off the court is probably the best part of it. I mean, we spend a lot of time on the court, but you spend even more time off the court through the meals and the meetings and joking around and, you know, all of that. So that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I was curious how much time you truly spent off all the dinners. You guys obviously would have to fly together. I think it was out east in Connecticut. Is that is that where this mm-hmm. one was? In? Yeah, so I actually <laughs> flew up with Kayla McBride. Um, yeah, flew up with Kayla McBride, and then we all met there. So everybody, we even had players that came in from overseas and had a little break. So, um, so a lot of them did the camp and went back overseas. Don't miss those days at all. That'd be rough. Oh, yeah. So, But it, you know what? We, um, what was it, Sunday night we had dinner over at Gino's. His wife and him hosted the whole team and all of the people that came with us. So... It was uh, it was de- it was definitely like a good time of just kind of hanging out and um, you know Nike had some stuff for us to do up there USA Ball obviously had a lot of stuff for us to do so it wasn't it was kind of like we were there for three days but even now thinking about it it's like we were there for three days and so much happened that in <laughs> itself flies by right your Tennessee product what's it like having Gino Ariema and being up in Connecticut at his house is that is it, you still get that volunteer frame of mind that I can't like you? No, <laughs> it's different. It is different. Um, and then, you know, they just did their, they have a new facility up there, which was absolutely gorgeous. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's different from the standpoint of UConn, you know, yeah. and like even their practice guys and some of the girls wanted some UConn gear. And I was like, no, oh, no, no, you won't find me. <laughs> I can't wear that. Nope, nope. But, um, but it's all in fun. You got a new book coming out March 1st. When did you first begin the process of, hey, one, I want to start a book, and two, how, how long did it take you to kind of complete the whole process? Well, we came out with a book, Dreams Are For Catching, which is more like middle, geared yeah. toward middle school. I have it. Yeah, yeah. So that was, what, like five, five or six years yeah. ago. It's been a while. And um, from that, we've always, I've always said, like, eventually I want to do a book that's more for adults, but until we get there. Um, so this has been a three-year process. Literally, we have been focusing on what do we need to do to try to get this to kind of get out and in the open. So March 1st is finally here, Catch a Star. Um, really excited about it. It's my journey from a little girl to where I am now and talked a lot about all my experiences. And you know I'm a very faith-oriented person, so my faith is intertwined in pretty much every aspect of my life. I know we've talked in a in couple years ago about even like a book just about your workouts. Is, do you see this being your first of many, perhaps? Yeah, it will be. Um, you know, we've, from this, we've actually came up with some other ideas of different things that we're you know, potentially doing. But writing a book, it's a lot of work. Um, it is. And just making sure you know the story and everything that you want to put in it. Uh, so there will be some others. How soon that comes, I don't know. But, you know, definitely some works in the future. Leading up to your final season with the Fever and the WNBA and all that, have you talked with any other professional athletes? Kobe obviously comes to mind with your long-term relationship about things you, you want to be sure to do or not to do and other things like that. Have you had any conversations with anyone? Um, Not Kobe. <laughs> well, he's kind of living the moment. I, that's what 
that's what I don't want to fall into is like while I'm living the moment people are already like talking about like okay now I know you're going through it now but what do you think about the future yeah. and, and the difference with you is you're still near your top of your game you know you really are in the postseason last year I mean you aren't what you were that's age but Kobe's kind of embarrassing I'll say you don't have to I'll say the love fest to me has been annoying, and and you're going to be doing something different, which I like. Yeah, so uh, one thing that we want to focus is is get the focus off of me. Um, I've asked every team, like in lieu of doing gifts and all that, really want donations made to the foundation. We've been doing our our post-game party, our post-game fundraiser party. Shoot, I think we've been doing it now for about 13 years, 12 or 13 years, and really putting together a party where player or where our fans, where my fans can come, and um, we do auction items, I speak, Q&A, we have the other team come through. So, like, that is more of, of my spiel and what I want to do. So, as far as, like, players that I've talked to, I have talked to some of the older vets that have kind of been there, done that, got to spend a lot of time with Jalen, you know, a few mm. weeks ago in Memphis, and even talked to him about his experience and his journey, talked to Chauncey Billups, I ran into him in the airport, um, so a lot of different players, just like, okay, now what, you know, like, how did you get to that point of your, of knowing that you wanted to move on, and then, like, you know, just what were your different avenues, Helen Darling I talked to from the W, um, even some other players so I will continue to do that because you know for me I'm not nervous about the next step I think I'm more anxious as far as like what is it going to be yeah you know it's like okay like there's so many plans and there's so many things that I want to do and like oh I could do this oh I could do that but you know like how do you how do you put like this is what I'm going to do and you can't really do that Typically, your schedule's kind of laid out. You have basketball, and when you're not doing basketball, you're training for it five days a week or what have you. Have you had to trim that down a little bit here at the end of your career? As far as the workouts go? Daily workouts here, like right now, your daily workouts, because you were going at it five days a week. And I still kind of do. My schedule's a lot different right now just because I'm traveling so much, and there's so much going on. Um, So, you know, for me, it, it, it has become more of... I work out, I get my workouts in, but even like the di- I do different types of workouts because mm-hmm. some of them are in the hotel, some of them, you know, I'm over in this city, I'm over in that city. So I'm just trying to figure that all out. During this legacy uh, project, you'll be giving away $2,000 to each of those different cities. How will you come to a decision of where to give that money to? Well, what our hopes is and what we've talked to the team is trying to find a community partner that they're already working with, that they feel has gone over yeah. and beyond. Because I think, and that fits. Catch the Stars, our mission, fitness, literacy, and mentoring. But I think that, you know, the the best way to make a legacy and to leave a legacy is by creating partnership, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, we're creating partnership basically with each individual team. And going into their city, we want to do a post-game party. I know I don't play for your team, but how can right. we make this a win-win for everybody? And so really trying to put the onus on them to, a, to an extent on finding a community partner that you feel is deserving of a $2,000 grant. Um, we're working on some other things with that project as well, with the farewell tool. So uh, that one part of the legacy piece, we're, working, we're still kind of in the mix with some other things that will be happening, but it's going to be a great year. What I like is it's more than a legacy of your name in the, when it comes to basketball. I mean, here locally, an IPS school has a basketball court in your name outside the Catch the Stars Foundation. So you're, you're following kind of what Pacer Sports and Entertainment does, winning on the court and then serving the community. Yeah, and I mean, that's the most important piece. Basketball only lasts for so long. You do this, and I mean, this, thank God, it's been my 15th year. But after that, 
somebody else is going to come to the forefront next year and in the upcoming years somebody else is going to be there mm-hmm. but when you look at what you're able to accomplish off the court and you think of all the great things that you're, you change lives and this is something that beyond the basketball court the kid will remember for the rest of their lives coming up also on march 1st you'll launch a brand new website now you'll have tamikacatchings.com what can people expect there and then then explain your new nike shoe deal that you'll be going on yeah well so uh, it has been catching24.com and as we kind of transition from on the court to off the court yeah i wanted to find something that was simpler which what can be more simpler than your real name so we're going with TamikaCatchings.com. So basically we're just going to move over Catching24.com to TamikaCatchings.com. Um, the legacy piece is going to be at the forefront of that. What we wanted to do was try to find something like how do you get the fans more interactive? And that's where we came up. I've been in discussions with my Nike rep um, as far as, hey, like I really want to do something that will get the fans more interactive. I know we can do different shoes and we can do use the Nike ID. Mm-hmm. So it's not in conjunction with Nike at all. It really is what they'll do. Fans will come to the website. We've worked with an outside source to get the rules all. Everything's legit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure I don't want anybody trying to come back and, and get me, but we, we got an outside source to, to do all of that, the contest rule. But people will log on to NikeID.com. There's specific directions underneath TamikaCatching.com um, where they'll design a shoe, and I'll pick 12 shoes and wear them. So I get to pick which 12 I like, and I yeah. get to pick when I want to wear them, which game I want to wear them. But, you know, we will honor the people that come up with the the best ideas and we'll post pictures and um, all of that good stuff. They'll get something on, on the back end. Um, so we're, we're kind of figuring all of that out. But the, the fun thing, I think, is just more fan interaction as far as, okay, like I picked these shoes and these are the shoes that I'm going to wear. Yeah, and you want others to share in this whole final year part of the legacy you know it's part of building the legacy and it's part of getting more people on board with not only my myself as far as my brand but with the WNBA as a whole and making it more interesting like as far as what ideas work what ideas don't work and I think that this will be a cool idea and a lot of people will get behind it I know you've gone back and forth about what you want to do post career it's probably over the top right now just because you have so much going on have you kind of settled yet or do you think that's going to continue to be an ongoing process because you also uh, interned in the NBA office mm-hmm. yeah um, so I did the internship a couple months well a couple weeks ago really um, and I think the big thing for me I don't know like I'm trying to figure out okay what things do I know I don't like to do you know I'm, I love to play the game of basketball but as far as sitting and watching game after game after game that's not really my speed so with that, you know, being a general manager, that's been something I've talked about for so long. But now I'm like, is that really what I want to do? Um, I love the player development side. So I love trying to help players become professional in, in all aspects. And so like that really intrigues me and something that I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe that's what I kind of go for more rather than trying to go more to the GM and all of that. So um, I think if anything, being up and doing the internship, it kind of confused me in a good way because yeah. there's so many things that go on that I love. And then like the marketing side, I love that part. You know, player development, absolutely love that. I'm super passionate about that. And one thing that I've stressed is I don't want to just be on the WNBA side. I want to be WNBA, NBA, D-League, and USA Basketball because those are the four umbrellas that fall underneath the NBA family. That's terrific, and you still have plenty of time to figure all of that out, right? Well, congratulations on all of your success, and we look forward to tracking you in your final year on the hardwood. Thanks again, Catch. Thanks, Scott.
That'll wrap this week's podcast. Shoutouts for this week go to Indy for looking into hosting an All-Star game. I know it was here in 1985. I know season ticket holders and sponsors won't exactly be pleased with it because that is one of the big issues. They don't get great access, if any, to the game in All-Star Weekend. But this would be cool. This would be special for Indy and all the coverage and the economic impact. I am all for it. Also, a shout-out to Pacers big man Lavoy Allen. Last week, he treated a group of single mothers to a night out. They went into the salon, got Manny Petties. They went to dinner downtown. And then they were also all given a $100 gift card to Kroger. Also, to Tamika Ketchings for publishing her autobiography. I can't wait to dive into my copy. Subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast on iTunes if you haven't done so already. This is the easiest and quickest way to listen to our latest episodes. Have a great week, everyone.